Thank you, listener, for joining us for FFS 35. We've got a full team for you today. I'm joined by Keke. Hi, Keke. Hello. And by Mark. Hi, Mark. Oi. And by Rich. Hi, Rich. Hello. So we're in the middle of the closed season in Finland, which is why we've been quiet lately. But it's good to be back. Um, We've got the Sormen Cup due to restart in a few days' time. So we're going to look forward to the group stage explain the structure of the competition which we were just discussing maybe hasn't changed too much since last year but we'll talk you through it anyway we'll also discuss the closed season transfers in the Vakehouse Liga and for Finns overseas and Keck has done some homework which is good to <laughs> see <laughs> um, we're also going to answer a couple of listener questions that have come in on Twitter and Facebook in the last couple of days so uh Keep your ears out. If keep your ears open, if you've uh, asked a question, and uh, you might hear your name a little bit later. If you're listening to the podcast, use social media to get in touch with your feedback, like those others did. So, I'm at Explore Finland. Uh, Rich, who are you? I'm at Escape to Swarmy. Mark, who are you? At FC Swarmy. And Keke, who are you? At Keke Mullari. And if you've only listening to the fir- for the first time, um, then that gives you a little introduction to everyone's voices as well. I think we're we're all quite distinctive. You might also look for the Finnish Football Show Facebook page and the group. Ask to join. We'll let you in. We don't really kick people out unless they're idiots, and we haven't had too many of those. So we're going to have our regular features, Yasilla Sipuli, where Mark explains to us. Uh, one of his favourite Finnish football phrases. Um, and we also got following, where we recommend someone new for you to follow on social media somewhere. But first, let's take a look at the recent noise created by UEFA and some announcements about ticket refunds for Euro 2020. So, Rich, you mentioned this uh, uh, to us earlier in the week, I've um, I've put a link in the show notes to a, a story from the UK in English about this. But but tell us what was what was been going on. Um, well, essentially, UEFA have contacted everyone who's bought a ticket for the upcoming Euro 2020, and it's still being called Euro 2020. Uh, and basically, what they were doing was they gave all the ticket holders about 12 days or so notice, saying you can have a refund, no questions asked, uh, which obviously led people to think and and still does to be honest uh, that they're looking at changing the venues the um the format of the competition which is currently being held in 12 cities around europe which at the best of times is bad for a climate emergency but in the middle of a pandemic is asking for trouble um the ticket deadline passed uh well yesterday as we we're recording at least and they kind of uefa kind of clarified saying well you can still have a refund later if we move the game 50 kilometres away from, from where it's supposed to be. Now, just before we went on air tonight, UEFA have said, yes, we're still planning on holding it in 12 countries. Um, we'll confirm in April now when or how we're going to do it in terms of allowing fans in. How that's going to work, we don't know, because bear in mind, most of the people going to these games will be travelling 
So, of course, each country will have its own respective rules around quarantine and whether people have been vaccinated and things like that. So it's still hugely up in the air. And and I guess UEFA are stringing this out to the last minute, really, because I'm sure they've lost a, probably a few million euros out of their bank account over the last 10 days. So I think um, it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, you know, this is just one of those things that, of course, for Finland's maiden tournament, there's going to be some controversy because, I mean, it's highly likely that when they do play, it's, it's not going to be in a full stadium, at least, because I can't imagine any country in Europe will have that. But I guess they can hope maybe there'll be 50%, but then two of their games are, sorry, one of their games in Denmark, which is one of the worst affected countries in Europe, and then the other two are in Russia, and I wouldn't believe a word they say, so... The idea uh, of travelling we'll at the moment, like you, mm. in, in various Facebook groups and things like that, you hear people asking for advice how to travel between here and there. And, and obviously I'm in a you know, kind of group for British people over here in Finland and there's people asking for, you know, how do I get back from the UK to here? And I, I can't believe people are travelling. I, I haven't been anywhere um satu was saying the other day she hasn't been anywhere since october 2019 when we had a, a cheeky weekend in helsinki um i traveled about uh, about 11 months ago for work and then everything locked down and the furthest we've been is to the wonderful village shop of keskinen in nearby duri that was our one journey anywhere um i can't believe people are planning to to travel anywhere at the moment it seems it seems incredible to have it in 12 countries in five months time yeah and i think i mean if you think about places like russia in particular in the best of times it's quite difficult to like let's say renew or change it because when you move when you travel to russia you need to pick up a visa and you need to do a bunch of stuff at the border to hand over like your social media accounts and your phone and a bunch of other stuff that's already like difficult to to do in the best of times. So I don't know if they're I don't know whether where they're going to be in terms of like if UEFA confirm the twelve and Russia is still a part of it, there's going to be then thousands and thousands of fans that all of a sudden have to get processed in, the, in about two months to renew the the visas and the applications. And I've got no idea how any of that stuff's going to work. So it's going to be it's going to be quite risky. And I mean, I'm sure most of the group games were sold out almost on the first because yeah. we went through three or four rounds of tickets right so yeah. if they do a limited capacity stadium then uh you know it, all there's, there's going to be a bunch of fans that have tickets that i'm sure won't be able to to make it to the match and you guys have all got tickets as well so how are you feeling about it keke how are you feeling well just on the point of the um of travel to russia and the visa the um the fan id that the doubles as as a visa to to enter the country those guys have actually been in touch with with people who um, who have those, and you've had to sort of renew that as well. So yeah. the the fan ID that I, I was sent previously, ta-da, has um, has now expired, and I've got to wait patiently for another one that I probably won't use. But you know, yeah. as as to how I'm feeling, I, I I do live in hope. I do live in hope, you know, like um, by the summertime, something miraculous may have happened. But but when you look at it realistically, I can see that I, the, I can honestly think the only way they can do it is to allow people who are resident in the, that country of the game into the stadium. I, I can't see them letting, letting away supporters in into these stadiums. That's my own personal opinion. 
but obviously I, I hope and pray to the higher beings that I'm wrong and that we are allowed to, and it is safe to do so, you know? Even even that idea of getting only only locals in there assumes that it's safe for 30, 40, 50 or more thousand people to congregate, doesn't it? And in the UK at the moment, for example, there's nothing. No, but then this is the UEFA's thing where, the, you know, I mean, we've seen from the Finland games in the autumn, they were allowing, I think it was 20% at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's that they've been basically allowing countries, assuming their regulations allow um, a certain percentage of people into the ground. So I guess UEFA are hoping that by then most of the countries involved will allow Local, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know, it's 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 weird to kind of think, you know, I I live in London, where you know, probably the vast majority of the people with tickets for the games at Wembley would be from London, but at the rate things are going, there'll be no one at those games um, that they fought so corruptly with brown envelopes to get those those final matches. But it's um, it's interesting to see, and again, you know, we're we're talking, we've got the World Cup qualifiers kicking off in in two months' time, and Mm. They're already saying at the Olympia Stadium they're still hoping to get fans in in there for Finland's first game. So it's obviously something they're looking at, but they didn't want to rule it out too quickly because it's going to cost them a fortune. Uh, UEFA are, are taking the uh, taking their lead from the Sormen Cup of kicking off the next competition before the previous <laughs> one is finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark, we 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 also had the news come in today that um, well the Vakehouse Liga fixtures were released, and you made a comment to us about the the fixtures during the summer um, in the Vakehouse Liga clashing with Euro twenty twenty. Yeah, so it was a statement today released by Timo is it Mariama, the head of the head of the Vekaus Liga, and basically he was saying, sort of shrugging his shoulders, that that they didn't want to get into it like a a, a situation of of squashing of having loads of games in different weeks, and so they, their their basic plan was to lock in the calendar so that every weekend, every basically available weekend from from April until I think about the end of October, is then marked down for Vekaus Liga games. Uh, and what that means is there'll be Vegas Liga games on on the same days that we've got uh, Hawkeye games or Finland games. Now, that, normally the Vegas Liga games are about five o'clock, six thirty type kickoffs, so they're they're usually quite early evening. But the way that Euro tournaments usually work out is that they stagger. You have three games a day, right? So it's like there'll be one at there'll be one at four, six, and then eight o'clock for your evening game, something like that. So there's a high chance that um, there'll be a Finland game on, or, or when the Finland's games are on, there'll be a, a clash with uh, with some of the Vegas Liga teams. I hope, you know, there's not like, it's not guaranteed or set in stone that it'll be the same time, and I hope we can avoid clashes. But uh, it doesn't seem Vegas too, Liga... too difficult to use a bit of common sense and say, oh, your game that was supposed to be at five clashes with the the, the national team, let's play your game at two and give your fans well, a I chance think... to see both. I mean, you've got the hour by hour thing, right? Which is like, can you can you make a full day of football out of it? But the main thing is like, if you think about all of the all the fans in Finland that will have tickets to go and see them, how many of them will also be fans of Vegas League? So they'll, they, I mean, most most likely you're going to take what is ten. I, I can't remember what the number was now. It was a fair, you know, dozens of thousands um, who who would be ordinarily sort of sitting around watching Vegas League games, and they'll be out of the country watching watching Finland. And I mean, this is a difficult time because I mean the Vegas Liga struggles making cash anyway. So if you take out some of the fan base, 
for some of the core games. I mean, those the summer games as well. They they get the bigger attendances because it's quite nice to sort of lie back in the sunshine and you know watch your team and have a beer. Um, and I think uh, yeah. It's a bit of a shit. I mean, hopefully we could get something worked worked around, but I think a bit of common sense would say if the majority of your fans are out of the country, you know, wait until they're back to 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 play games and to charge them. Yeah, there was there was some comments I saw online today from ASCII core fans that commenting that it looks like a good schedule. Now I don't know if that's for everybody or if it's for just for our our team, but Lots of Saturday games, Friday games, um, not many midweeks. I don't know if is that is that lining up with what you just said that they're trying to use all the Saturdays and get people there at the weekends. Yeah, it's, I mean it's one of those things. For a couple of years, they've been talking about sort of how do you build how do you build a football culture in Finland and how do you make it sort of stronger. And the Vekas Liga never used to have like a strong sort of like like not like like in england in the you know 80s and 90s it was always saturday three o'clock was your it was your go-to something that was never really the case in in finland so they they they're trying to get it more standardized so they can bring bring in that kind of common time and that common experience um but that that they've decided to implement that (laughs) in the season when when uh, that means that they'll definitely probably clash with with uh with uh, with the finland team so yeah it is they are focusing on the weekend games which is pretty good yeah, but, um, I remember a couple of years ago, there was, I think we had two or three games on a Saturday and it was like Sunday at 5.30 or or Monday at 6.30. And it's just, it was horrible, <laughs> to be honest with you. So to be able to build your, you know, build your Saturday or build your weekend plans around going to the game and hopping on the bike and cycling a couple of kilometres, if it's that, to the ground is... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. If it happens, we've got it, recent it, histories not not on our side. It feels like they um, someone's someone's finally finally the pennies dropped with someone, and they've they've realised that they can they can build this you know football culture, this supporter culture, and and by standardising that the kickoff times and the kickoff days will will only assist to to build that culture. Do you know what I mean? It's um, yeah. I think it's. Exactly that, you know, obviously us being used to our, our Saturday three o'clock, well, back in the day anyway, our, our English kickoff times, you know, your whole, your, whole, your whole day revolved around that, didn't it? So, I think, you know, if they can, if they can achieve something like that in, in Finland, it'd be great. Yeah, it's that, it's that reg, regular thing, isn't it? Building up the, 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 the patterns and the, uh, I guess, traditions. It's good. It'll take time, but this seems like a, a step in the right direction. Um, well, I was just going to say the Ukenen uh, fixtures came out today as well, and they've really crammed them in. I think they're looking at playing their 22 rounds of games from the middle of April into the end of August. Um, and, and I think that, you know, whereas the, the Vegas League have that many games, but they start earlier and finish later um, in the regular season. But this, they're, I'm not sure if they're almost allowing for something similar to last year, you know, the inevitable postponements and, and moving. Um, I mean, again, luckily for them, their only contingent is the relegate or the promotion playoff at the end. But even so, they're, um, it looks like they're giving themselves a lot of extra room at the end. Front-loading um, front the matches as much as they can. Yeah, because, I mean, I think they kick off. I think the teams play three rounds of games inside 
um, eight days or something like that. So it's um, they're obviously trying to, to squeeze it in because again, like last year, I mean, I think we got to the certainly in the Vegas League, we got to the end of October, and they suddenly gave about four days notice, going right, yeah, we're finishing now, which you know is what it is, uh, and they're going to do everything they can to avoid that this year. But you know, in the Vegas League this year, they're looking at the the final, the European playoffs going into November. So, you know, that's uh, optimistic. Okay, so let's look at Sorman Cup. Um, we got some information here from the Pallolito website. If you go into the show notes for this episode, you'll see some uh, screenshots that I borrowed from the uh, Pallolito website, just sort of showing the, the group stages. But in the we're at that stage now it's that kind of pre-season indoor fixtures um and in this group stage both the uh Veikaus Liga groups and the Ukkonen groups will be played in as as sort of quite simple sets of four four teams so there's there's three groups of four made up of Veikaus Liga teams and the winners of those three groups will advance directly to the quarterfinals the knockout stage quarterfinals and then the the five other quarterfinalists will be defined, be decided, will be made up of <laughs> the three runners-up of the Vekas Liga groups, the three winners of the Ukkonen qualifiers, the two best group runners-up, and the, the final two teams of the Kukkonen Cup. That's ten teams, and they'll play each other in a knockout in knockout games to see who then joins into the quarterfinals of the Sorman Cup. And I think, Rich, you explained that the, the Kukkonen Cup final essentially is that playoff. So the winner of that then goes into the into the um, quarterfinals of the Sorman Cup. Yeah, so the, that cup runs separately and then feeds in. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's what Finland do. They make things nice and complicated. Um, but yeah, so that tie will be the cup final. Uh, and then the winners are going to almost certainly play a Veikaus Liga team, which for them, you know, is about as money spinning as a game gets. I mean, we say money spinning, how much it will be worth, I don't know. But also, I mean, you know, it's it's a decent reward. You know, if, if you play Hoyiko or something like that, that'll be nice. I mean, they, they, I'm not sure if they're still seeding the, the knockout games so the lower division side is at home to the higher up team because they did that last year. Um so all the Veikaus Liga teams were away and they all won. But, you know, that, that's what happens. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, they've condensed the group stage down because last year I think they had four groups of three and the teams played each other twice. Now the, the teams only play three games in the group stage um, just the to group, try and get through it. The groups are somehow regionalised as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as best they can. I mean, obviously, if you're a team in the South, it's happy days. If you're AC Olu, you're going to have a bit of a trek. Um, and at least there's no Rover near me now. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they do that. I mean, it's similar groupings to how they do the Kakan and divisions as well. Yeah, Vekas Liga Group A is Lati, Hifki, Helsinki, um, Hoyiko, Helsinki, and Kotepe. So they're all sort of southern capital city sort of region then you've got um in the group b fc haka fc honka inter and mariaham so that's sort of edging a little bit towards turku area and then the group c this is all over the place it's uh, olu 
Ilves in Tampere, Kups in Kuopio, and Asiko in Sainioki. So there would be some some nice travelling there, but I suspect there will be no travelling anywhere. And also these games are played indoors, which for me it's it's not always the best viewing experience, to be honest. So um, it'd be interesting to see Olu's new stadium. We talked about it on on WhatsApp the other week. They are. The new municipal facility in Oulu is sponsored by a curry house, um, which is, I think it's called the Garam Masala. How did that come about, Rich? Um, so basically, the, the owners decided to make mix things up a bit. Was that rather than sell naming rights to some bank or something like that, they uh, they decided that everyone basically pays the same amount and go into a lottery and they'll pick one business at random and there will be the name of the, the facility and it turned out to be this curry house that um it's um it's novel i mean it's good you know it's um interesting if you you know especially for for those in the uk or overseas and you kind of think about the garam masala hall i mean it could be the gel frazi or something but it's um it's i mean it's you know this is it you, you've got to innovate at that level i suppose and uh, i mean it's got us talking about it so quite fancy a curry now Surely, if it's called Garam Masala, it's got to be a bowl, isn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry. If, um, if any of our listeners in Oulu have been to the Garam Masala curry house, let us know. Let us know if it's any good. Mm. Tasty. Get a discount. <laughs> um, I was hoping the decoration would be that kind of flock wallpaper and yeah, on the on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the games kick off anyway this week on, I think, is it, was it this week or is it early next week? It's anyway, 6th six, six of Feb, isn't it? Oh, next week. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but that's coming, coming up soon. So you'll find links to all the groups and the fixtures and everything there in the show notes. And somehow we've been quite efficient so far and we've reached that half time stage. So, Mark. What's your yes. word? What's your word for us this week? Yeah, so I mean the word the word we're gonna go with this week is not exactly specifically for football. It, it, it can be used in many places of Finnish, but it, it has a good meaning in 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 Finnish football, which is uh, the word is selka sauna, uh, which is a back sauna. Uh, and and that's uh what that means in uh, the local colloquialism is a, is a bit of a spanking. So if if uh uh, if your team gets drubbed to the order of, I'd say, five goals or more, it's fair to say that you had a, a right old Selka sauna. And so let's blow that whistle and start the second half. And we've got some transfers to talk about. And I think we, we've shared this link before that the Vakehouse Liga website has a has a, an article every year where they list all the transfers and and it gets updated all the way through the season so um we can we can kind of refer to that now and it will still be good whenever you happen to be listening to this um but keke i know you've done some done some good deep journalism looking at transfers for finnish players sort of around the world but what about for the Vakehouse Liga teams, Mark and, and Rich? Do you want to lead off with this? Um, yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot of turnover, uh, as you'd expect. Um, and sort of touching on one of the, the listener questions that we've had, um, you know, players 
especially overseas players in Bakehouse League, they're on contracts that normally go for a season with options to extend. So, um, you know, a lot of those will have expired. Um, in terms of real turnover, I mean, Hoycourt are always busy in the transfer market. And I guess this year, having won the double, um, they've made quite a few changes. You know, they've lost players on the actual first team players or, or those on the fringes. Uh, without stepping too much on Keke's toes, you know, Schuller's gone. Uh, Reguero, the goalkeeper, has moved to last year. Tim Vowenen has gone to Albania. Um, whether he's gone to find himself or something like that, but it's not quite as heralded as when he signed for Borussia Dortmund. Um, and they've brought in a few players as well. I mean, they've signed Valencic back. Um, he left under a bit of a cloud the last time. I think he fell out when, when Banner was the manager. Uh, one signing I did find quite interesting was they've signed uh, Anthony Olasanya from Yarrow, who last year in the second division had a purple patch of scoring. I think he scored in eight or nine games in a row when Yarrow were, were going for promotion, although it looks like, again, he, he's almost certainly going to be playing a lot of games for Clubby um, in the second tier, their farmer team. But, um, I mean, it, it's the usual sort of stuff. Um, Honker have signed Darren Smith, who, who scored a lot of goals in the second tier for, for Ekenas. And, um, and Mariham have been busy as well. They've lost Ademi eventually. I mean, he, his goals last year for them were, were huge well, in the first half of the season, he's gone to Sweden and they've signed Vahid Hambo to replace him. The uh, He's scored goals most places he's been, but um, yeah, never stays in one place for too long. The Finnish Slatan? Yeah, he claimed he didn't coin that, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, but I think this, the Schuller move is quite interesting because he's had a couple of cracks at, at bigger clubs. Uh, he went to the MLS and came back and he went to Sweden before and came back. And now he's gone to Drew Gordon. Uh, he should get some minutes. Like he should, he should be in contention for the first team. But I think he's what twenty. It'd be about twenty-eight, twenty-nine now. Mm. So I think this is like I think this is his proper shot. Like he's he needs to. Yeah, this is this is like his last probably big shot. And I was quite surprised about Nikolai Alho as well because when Nikolai Alho also left left Hoyiko and went to Hungary to MK, I think, uh, which is not exactly a. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but it doesn't really feel like a step up. And I thought he had a really good season, both with Hoyuko and breaking into the Finnish team. So it's a bit. I hope. I hope he gets games. I hope he doesn't like. I hope. I hope he makes it last. But well, if, you, if a... you fancy a bit of trivia, um, the MTK, uh, excuse the pronunciation, they play at the stadium that they used in Escape to Victory. Nice. So, uh, yeah. A new Pele. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> what about your boys at Coops? Um, Cubs have, have been, I say, busy by, by their standards as well. They've uh, they've brought back uh, Nisila from Belgium. They had him on loan for most of last season anyway, but um, he was kind of the the next big thing at one point. Went to Belgium and, and has come back. Um, Penanen has gone to America. Uh, Saxman has retired, so they've lost some experience, especially in midfield. Uh, Puria has gone back to Estonia. Um, I, 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 it's difficult to see. I mean, their two best players last year. Um, were apparently being scouted by Cluj, the team that beat them in Europa League. Uh, it looks like they're staying now, but I, by the looks of it, they're, they're kind of doing a lot of like-for-like -like replacements. They're not bringing anyone of obviously massive quality. So I think for Cups, again, probably a medal place in the end. But uh, 
nothing, nothing, uh, nothing big being pulled up there. New manager, of course. Well, of course, a uh, fr- friend of the show, Simo. He uh, he's taken over from the, the Norwegian Tony Pulis. So uh, hopefully, uh, funny enough, the cups. I think in their first or second training session, they put some videos on social media of them playing some very again. It was cups against cups, probably youth team or something, but really pinging the ball around. Whereas last year it was very direct. So uh, hopefully, Simo will make a good impression after uh, his unfortunate relegation in Norway. Inter um, Inter Turku have signed one or two as well, and um, I'm not sure if they've not sure if they've lost any any first teamers go, going out the door, but they've they've brought in a couple of a couple of players, and um, just looks like they might be might be serious about after after their you know close close finish last season with uh, being in and around the top of the league for, for most of the year. Looks like they might be giving it a serious push this year with some new, new faces to. To bolster the team. Losing Valencic is going to be a big, a big challenge to that, though, isn't it? A lot of goals, a lot of goals mm. there. I saw today they'd signed some fella who was on the. I think he come from Real Sociedad B, um, which I, I guess for him is probably a step up. But uh, it's um, yeah, it's, this is the thing you get players. This sort of they've been at big clubs on the books. You know, they might have come on as a sub for Man City in a League Cup game or something once, but. Um, coming to Finland and probably do probably do very little. Um, one other side, I mean, I think we mentioned it before, but um, Ilves have been busy as well. I mean, they, they've lost uh, Alan Mulemeki, who's gone to Venezia. Um, uh, Tendeng, I think it was Asikov. He, he was, ago, yeah, he? he was. He's gone to Mariham. Uh, the goalkeeper Hilland has gone to Hakka. Um, they've been quite busy, uh, although they've got. Uh, the wonderfully named Kalakats from Hoiko. He's a, a young centre half. So and and Maximo Tolanen's pitched up there this season as well, which is interesting. I I really liked him at Asikor two years ago. I thought he was really exciting, dynamic player. I didn't really work out so well at Mariaham last year because well, it was Mariaham last year. Um, yeah. About five years too late at that club. Um, I, I think. I think uh, for we, we we're going to talk about Hifki in a minute because that's a that's kind of we've got a few things to say there I think but uh, Ashikor looking at the uh, the list um, there's there's a, a, a few play a couple of players come internationally um, Hope Akpan from Bradford City in in England what a debut he made. what a debut what a that debut. <laughs> debut for those that didn't see it a, a practice practice match uh, indoors a, a couple of weeks ago it was played in in three periods of 30 minutes and 10 minutes into the first period he was uh, he was shown a red card a uh, very blurry kind of camera footage no one could really see what happened but um let, let's just say he was ex- he was a bit excited about making his debut we're still on the wrong time zone. It was that yeah, late. Exactly. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and today it was announced uh, Rodrigo Arciero from Banfield in Argentina. Don't don't really know much much there. Well, from this list though, what it doesn't what it doesn't really highlight is that the three players that came in on loan during the middle of last season, um, Jake Jervis, um, uh, Oh, Ledesma, Ledesma yeah. and um, oh, the, oh, the left back, uh, Murillo. Sorry, guys. Um, oh, the victim of uh, 
Matila. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the good, the terrible <laughs> challenge he received there. Um, they they all re-signed and all came back in this year. So in a way that I, I think they count as, uh, as as signings as well this year, and they're all here on a year contract rather than a, rather than a sort of half year loan or whatever it was last year. So that's quite exciting, I think. Um, one thing it kind of touched on from the previous episode, um, Amanda Rantanen, the goal scorer for Helmerit, um, with her face, her brother has left AC Olu, Daniel, uh, and has gone to PK35. Their dad, Rami, used to play for Finland back in the late 80s, I think it was. A bit of a family tradition going on there. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly is. What about then Hifki? What's going on at Hifki? First of all, we've got friend. The, the club is now being managed by people, by, by, exclusively it seems, by people who've been interviewed by Finnish football shows. So, you know, shout out there to Joaquin Gomez, who's taken over as head coach, his first head coach role, having been uh, first team coach at Asicor last year. Uh, and then the news was announced the other day that uh, Antinium is going to join him. Uh, is, is that as as first team coach or a goalkeeper coach, I wasn't quite sure. It's it's um, working with the outfield players as well. It's uh, okay. so it's first coach, yeah. He um, Andy will obviously pass on his considerable knowledge and expertise to the goalies there, and um, but he's also working with the outfield players. So uh, yeah, exciting times. We um, obviously wish those two guys all the best at Hifke. And, and let's have a look back through who we interviewed last year and see who else might pitch up there in a, in another in another. Tim <laughs> Starr, there we go. <laughs> let's see. You heard it here first. Um, but we we also had a couple of questions. Um, one of those questions I've I've lost. Um, there was me. one. There was one um, regarding the. The Hifke goalie Arnold Origi, who's um, who's who's left Hifke now. Uh, he had he had a bit of a well. The biggest news that sort of surrounded him last season was um, was it? I can't remember. Who it was wasn't a was it a referee or someone or or an opposition coach accused him of throwing the game? It was it was a journalist who had won the previous go. year's journalist of the year award, or certainly a high profile one. Anyway, basically, I think he he had a bit of a mare against Inter in a in a game and. He's basically accused him of throwing the ball in his own net and getting himself sent off for the bookies. Um, I mean, it was a hilarious sending off because it was an overreaction to a badly awarded penalty. But yeah, penalty, that, yeah. that came out and he got himself um, in. And again, there was a whole apology and the very forced kind of we've spoken, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I mean, he's he's been playing in Northern Europe anyway for the best part of... 14, 15 years. And I've, I mean, he'd been around Denmark for a long time, which is probably the link to, to Hifke. But um, I guess he, he was in his mid-30s and he's now getting call-ups to the Kenyan national team. So I wonder if he's gone somewhere a little bit higher profile or or that would get keep him in the eyes of the whatever the Kenyan selection committee or however that works. Yeah, there was this was the question from Farid, wasn't it? He said, um, would you happen to know why Ori, Arnold Origi uh, and also, Mac Kanji left their clubs in Finland. And any idea where their nest next destinations are? Yeah. I, I don't know where Origi's gone. I mean, Kanji's very much a nomad. 
Um, he's been all over the shop. He'd been in, I think it was Can- Honkers is maybe third or fourth club in yeah. Finland. Yeah. And he'd been in, uh, he'd been in America before that. I think he'd been at the New York Red Bulls. Um, uh, but as, as Mark said, you know, the, the, the players are on, you know, contracts that, to be honest, they're likely to move. And the thing with Kanji is he'll probably rock up at last year or something like that. Yeah, there's still there's still time. I mean, the thing about Kanji as well is that he's also 35. Like mm. he's 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 knocking on a bit, and and he didn't exactly set the world on fire in Honka. He had a couple of games where he looked like pretty pretty tough, but he, he's 35. He moves he moves like a 35 year old. <laughs> so the the answer there, Farid, sorry, is that we don't know, but they're both heading towards veterans football age so that may be the direction they're they're it's heading still in still younger than us <laughs> it seems to me every year there are more and more people younger than me is that how it works yeah. i think it might be <laughs> um rich you had another question did you from someone on twitter um yeah so james wilson uh he asked about what was happening with hifke uh we touched on it in the last episode or, or the one before around um, I mean, there, there were talks they might be going out of business or the owner or the majority shareholder had had basically pulled up trees and caused all sorts of chaos. But um, after some strange manoeuvring, which again, you know, maybe it's how Finnish company law works is slightly different, but um, essentially they, they've come to an agreement so that the majority shareholder is no longer involved in the club uh, after he essentially said, we're going to turn Hifke into a, a feeder club for his Danish side. Um, and all of a sudden, Hifke have lost all their Danish loan players. But it's um, it, it kind of come to a resolution. I, I'm sure he's been paid off and, and they've been awarded a licence. But I mean, there was talk they might end up playing in the third division or you know, if at all. But they've essentially moved the playing side of the club from one company to another. It's almost like a a Phoenix kind of thing. It's, it's, it's like moving it from... Wimbledon to AFC Wimbledon is that kind of thing. I think Honka did the same thing to stay alive. Like when they, I think when yeah. they, they went, yeah, a couple of years ago when they, but they did actually go down. It's an interesting thing because, like, I don't know, I never, you never like to see a club kind of go to the wall. But I mean, I guarantee that if that had been a situation at somewhere like Honka or Rops, they'd have probably gone down the divisions. Mm. Because I think, I think the Vegas League is looking and thinking that that Stadion Derby is like, and it's, need it, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the marquee fixture. It's where they get to print all their money. So, and, and I I sympathise because as well, like it's not like Heathkey did anything particularly wrong. They just have one of these owners that's a a bit of a use the bleep, bleep. machine mm-hmm. bleep exactly a bit of a bleep. So you know, but but I do think that um, you know it's it's a, it's a it's a good tactic. But they've been lucky. They've they've been lucky there. Yeah, because I mean, Honker officially now eSport Honker, um, yeah, eSport like that eSport, but um, it's the name of the company that owned them. But it's, um, I mean, Hifke, they, they were genuinely, I think, a weekend away from going out of business in their current guise. Yeah. Um, so, however much money they raised was obviously sufficient to pay this or to buy this right. fella's shares. Um, and I mean, I, I, I wonder if this is the sort of thing that will rumble on in the backgrounds for a while. I mean. Um, but yeah, that that year Honka went down. I think PK thirty five went down as well. Yeah. And within a year, I think within a year, the, the Vegas Liga lost three or four clubs for financial reasons. It was about five years ago, and uh, fortunately, we've not had anything too bad since until this. And this was wasn't so much financial mismanagement, but just 
I mean, he was like the the fella who owned Cardiff and decided to turn their kit red. Yeah, yeah. He he just went right. I own you. I'm going to do what I want. And you know, the, the club luckily have managed to get back on some footing, and you know, they're, they're clearly recruiting well as well. Interesting times for Hifke this year in many, many different ways. We'll keep an eye an eye out for them and give them a, a warm welcome when they come to the uh, Honor Asper Stadion sometime this summer. I'll be there. Um, Keke, come on. You've got your great big scroll with all your, with all your notes on it. So what, what, have you been, what, what have you been finding about Finnish players transferring overseas? Well... Well, yeah, we've um, we've had a few movers and shakers. Some of which we've we've touched on there already because they've uh, they've made their way out of the Vegas Liga and gone overseas. So um, yeah, we've touched on both uh, Rasmus Schull and Albion Ademi. They've both joined Jurgården in Allsvenskan in Sweden. Um, yeah, Jurgården finished fourth last season, so I think that's just outside the European places for uh, for Allsvenskan. So um, yeah, I mean uh, it's that's that's a decent move for both of those guys. It's a it's a it's a step up in quality, so um, they'll be able to test themselves over there in Sweden. Um, further afield, we've got Yuka Raitala, who has joined up with Robin Ludd at Minnesota United. Um, Minnesota is Yuka's third MLS club now. I think he's had um, successful spells at Columbus Crew and most recently Montreal Impact. Um, but yeah, Minnesota are, are a decent side. We've been watching. Robin Lodd with his goals and assists over there, and they uh, they finished the regular season fourth in the MLS Western Conference, and and also made it to the Western Conference playoff final. So um, yeah, not a bad side. Hopefully, Yukaraitala gets some gets some some minutes over there. Um, staying in America, my best mate Er Markinen has joined um, Orange County FC in California. So um, yeah, followed followed his brother to the states eventually. So um, yeah, Orange County playing the uh, the second tier in, in in America, the USL Championship, and um, they've they've been doing quite a bit of shopping in Finland because they they've also added former FC Lahti players Mika Kuningas and Patrick Rakowski to their roster. So um, interesting things happening over there. They've got a bit of a um, they've got a bit of a twin thing going on with uh, with Rangers in Scotland as well, Orange County. Football club. Yeah. So, What's uh, the connection yeah. there, other than the word orange? Absolutely <laughs> nothing apart yeah. from that. <laughs> but yeah, they, they've got a bit of a, a friendship or a connection, so you never know. We could see some of these players making their way to Scotland. Um, but yeah, uh, going on to Scotland, we had uh, Neil McCann, who used to be um, Dundee manager when Glenn Kamara was there. He was uh, he was commenting on a Rangers game. Um, Couple of couple of days ago, and and happened to mention that Glenn Kamara would walk into the Arsenal side these days and could actually play for Arsenal standing on his head. So that's um, that's opened up all sorts of transfer speculation for for Glenn Kamara. Whether whether he would be prepared to to walk out of Rangers at the moment with them twenty three points clear at the top of the SPL, I'm I'm not quite sure. But he's had, he's had there's been transfer rumours around him before. With the most notably Juventus were. We're sort of sniffing around him. That was a that was a rumor that went around. But um, yeah, he's he's pretty much Stephen Gerrard's first name on team sheet for Rangers at the moment. So he's playing in that sort of midfield general general role, and he's um, doing really well. So yeah, we're, he's he's staying put for the moment. But worth mentioning. 
Albin Gronlund has joined um, Polish Premier League club Stal Mielek after two years in Sweden with Orebo. Albin joins Petri Forsell in uh, Mielek. They finished second in the um, one Liga in 2020 and they've been promoted to the Polish Premier League for the first time since 1996. So, um, yeah, two Finns to keep an eye on there playing in Poland. We've got back to Scotland. Mikko Virtanen has been recalled from his loan spell at Arbroath and he got his first uh, senior appearance for Aberdeen, albeit as a late substitute last weekend. Aberdeen are currently third in the SPL. So, um, yeah, nice for, uh, nice for Mikko to get, get some minutes there. I suppose it's good it, for him. They've re- Sorry? No, it's good, it's good for him because he moved to Everton. I think he was yep. 14 or something and uh, I think he, he got let go a couple of years ago and... I think he, he looked like he was going to stay at our both forever. So it's nice to see him getting on uh, getting some top flight minutes. That's it, yeah. And and you know they've they, they've recalled him from the loan, so they're obviously uh, obviously thinking about using him. So um, yeah, good mm. good good news for Mikko. Um, staying with the young guys, under twenty one hockey player Mikhail Soestalo has joined FC Riga in Latvia. Um, yeah, recently Mikael was playing for, for the Middlesbrough under 23s and, and actually scoring a few goals there, but he left after only one season in Middlesbrough, uh, joined a club in Belgium and immediately went out on loan to Portugal. So he's he's bounced about a bit, uh, a little bit. Um, they The Portuguese club had an option to buy him, but he, he made his way back to Belgium, but now he's signed with um, FC Riga. So hopefully he can he can pull up some trees there. Did you see the uh, the unveiling photos of him? It was the sort of proper hostage proof of life picture. There, he was a uh, obviously his agents done some work, but um, yeah, he, he didn't look like he was happy to be there. I've never been to Riga, but apparently it's nice on stag dues. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure it's lovely, and you know, like um, he he's as I said, he's he's bounced about a bit. So if he can make a bit of a, a home there for a season or two, and and you know, and get some minutes under his belt and play some football. He might get he might get another move back to back to a bigger league. So wish all the best for for Mikael. You also touched previously on Lauri Alamulumaki, who's joined uh, at his Venezia um, from Ilves, Venezia in Serie B. So um, yeah, he, he, he's 23, played almost 200 games for for Tampere Ilves and. Um, yeah, and, he's, and since he signed, he's, he's made the bench a couple of times for Venezia, so so we'll keep an eye on him. Um, Patrick Raitanen is in Serie B as well with Spau. He's been there a little while, I think, so um, it's not not sort of a recent transfer, but was another it, one to keep an eye on in Serie B. Was he the one that was at Liverpool? That's him, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he moved there from FC Jazz. Nice. Um yeah, no, he, he, I think he, he went to Liverpool again. He was one of these sort of 14 or 15-year-old yeah. signings and Liverpool being Liverpool probably had 500 players on their books. So um, it was nice to see him go to a, a reasonable-sized club. You guys have been furiously sending messages in the chat <laughs> while we've been while Keke's been going through his list. Um, yeah, uh, one thing I missed a couple of weeks ago, Alex Ring, former Finland midfielder, has gone to Austin FC, who are... Uh, part owned by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and for those who listen to this podcast talking about football kits, their football kit is amazing. Um, <laughs> green, green and black stripes. But um, yeah, he's he's gone there. I mean, again, he's he's made it quite clear he, he's not 
going to come back to the national team um, and is, is happy, in, happy as in America. So, um, yeah, that, that was a sign, I think it was over a million dollars, uh, the way it works, uh, how someone tried to mansplain to me that it wasn't actually a transfer fee, it was a, a trade negotiate or some nonsense <laughs> like that. But, Sounds like a transfer fee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the um, the only other thing worth mentioning is that um, Joel Poyampalo has returned to Union Berlin after completing his rehabilitation at the parent club by Leverkusen. He's um, as we all know, he, we watched him sort of go over and, and reveal he had a broken ankle. It was it was only it was only ten or so weeks ago mm. while he was on international duty, but he's already back running and and uh, training with the group back at Union Berlin. So. Very speedy recovery, amazing, really, and um, yeah, hopefully we can see him with a few Bundesliga goals before the end of the season. Yeah, I, and Mark, you mentioned about Jarko Hurme from formerly of Asikor. He was then moved on to Korpeve. Yeah, Kokkola. He went to Kokkola. Yeah, and now, and now has moved up to. Oh no, he's he's slowly moving up the uh, the, <laughs> the western coastline of uh, of <laughs> Finland. It seems. Um, and KK, I've put your notes in the um, uh, like like a, the the image of your the screenshot of your notes that you sent round earlier. I put them in the show notes so everyone can see. And Ooh. yeah. That's the away kit. The away yeah. kit, yeah. The, the home kit is uh, so the the home kits are your traditional black and green, traditional black and just black and green green stripes. But that the the away kit's got that three Adidas stripes on the top right uh, top right shoulder. That's oh. that's an MLS template. Every club has that kit as their away kit, and they just change the accent colours. Yeah, I think it's an American sport thing where if you're the away team, you always wear white. Huh. Um, they do it in basketball and hockey and American football. I think one team always has white as their change colour and then the, the home team or whoever wears their kind of traditional colour. It's oh, interesting. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, they, it looks like they've done it in America as well. I, I remember some many, many... You need to make a noise, Mark, if you want to take over the camera. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> all right. It's another one for the edit. <laughs> Everyone's gone silent just to see who takes over the camera. You're a tool. Um, <laughs> um, so we, we've described football kits in audio for people. Magic. That's what people tune in for, I think. Yes. Um, so I, I was wondering, Keke, this, you know that the Vakehouse Liga has this... Uh, this blog that they update every year of all the transfers. Is yep. it, it, would you like to have a, an ongoing blog for all the Finns overseas transfers this year and just add add to it as we as we go through the year? Maybe once a month or something, update it. Yeah, we can do that. Why not? Yeah, Since this... our friend Barbarian has, uh, has gone off Twitter, that was kind of his baby, wasn't it? So oh, nice was it? Have, okay. It'd be nice to have something resurrected in, in his... I'll say memory. I don't think he's dead. Um, where is Barbarian yeah. gone? I don't know. About a year ago, he just went. I think he's done it a couple of times. Um, okay. But yeah, he's, I think he's probably gone now. So. Bring back Barbarian. Bring back Barbarian. If you're out Bring there listening barbarian. to us, let us know. Reach out privately if you want to. We're easy. We're easy to to contact. Right, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I mean, we should have him on at least just for an interview because the, the last couple of guys we had on, one of them's got a job in Hifke. The other one, uh, one Finnish footballer of the year or Finnish sports personality of the year. Clearly coming on this show as a guest, it, it you know, sends your career back up. This is this is true. Yeah. Does it work if you're on here all the time? No, my career's gone down the pan in the last six years. <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, let's draw a line under the show for today and head into our full-time feature, which is following. Now, who are we following? Mark, you sent around quite an interesting um, suggestion just before we came on air, and no one had any better suggestions, so let's go with that. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I follow uh, Swarmy Marley. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, he, he, the guy every couple of days posts up uh, goals from Finnish players, Finnish national players, or Veikkausliiga, or Hukajat, or or whatever. So if you want to just feel good uh, about Finnish football for for a bit, uh, check on and then scroll down. And uh, the, I think the latest ones on there were some of Jere Urunen's goal early goals for Helsingborg. Back in like uh, like five five ten years ago, some really really good hits. So at uh, at Swarmy Marlit, nice. scoring goals. That's exactly what we want to what we want to see. And there were some crackers on there. What I what I saw. Okay, that's it for another Finnish football show. Thanks for joining us. Remember to follow the Facebook page for content coming directly from the FFS team our podcasts, blogs, and so on. Um, you'll also find the link there to our Facebook group where you can join in with um, or maybe even instigate a conversation of your own. It's where Farid posted his question earlier that we we tried but failed to answer satisfactorily. There's links in the show notes to our Facebook page and group, Keke's excellent Instagram page and our YouTube channel where you'll find the video for this show and all the previous episodes and you could also follow all of us on twitter for example i'm explore finland mark h is at fc suomi keke is at keke muleri and rich is at escape to suomi and that's it for ffs 35 thanks again for joining us and until next time goodbye